Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And me, Robbie. And this week we are on episode 21 and we will be looking at Netflix's new Fear Street, part one, 1994. Uh, we know we've been away for a couple of weeks, but we've both been extremely busy, haven't we? So we kind of... We <laughs> it's just, have. It's just slipped away. Teacher, you've got lots going on as yeah. well. We're both... It's a busy time of year as we build towards the summer. Yeah. We did try certain things, but we just have not had the time. But so thank you for returning to the show. Um, and if you enjoy it, hit the subscribe button and leave us a leave us a review. That would be lovely. Um, so just to quickly get, get back up to speed, what have you been up to, Ethan? What have you been watching? <laughs> what have I been watching? Um, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm literally like, because we've just... So I talk about this and things like, and thinking like where our next last one was. Obviously, the last one was Army of the Dead, which certainly feels like a while ago. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Um, yeah, but uh, but so so much that we've covered in that amount of time. So let's go to what most recently. Uh, what have I watched most recently? I recently watched the uh, new Amazon release, the new Chris Pratt, the Tomorrow oh, War. To- yeah, Tomorrow War. Yeah, I watched that the other night. Okay. Um, and that's um, the weird figures actually had a, a similar thought to what we're talking about today um, is the tomorrow. War, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for what it was. It's this big spectacle. Yeah, definitely would have worked on the big screen quite nicely. Uh, Chris Pratt is is good in it. You know, he's fairly solid. He's enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, you know, was it Andy from Parks yeah. and Rec? The days of him, like he does seem like a completely different person from yeah. that. Like the comedy, yes, yeah, still a bit similar, but the rest of it, he just seems like, oh, is that really Andy from Parks and Rec once upon a time? <laughs> um, but yeah, the film, um, uh, obviously a bit like time travel kind of, but it, the film is kind of like, it feels like a mashup of lots of different sci-fi films into one plot. And although it doesn't... The nice thing is it doesn't go where predictably where you'd think it is going to go in a lot of ways. Um, you expect it to be just this big action war film, the entire film, and it, it twists and turns away from that. Um, so, yeah, it's it was it's an enjoyable film. I'd say that people would probably check it out. Tonally, there's a little bit of a odd at times it feels a little bit off at times the special effects the monsters they've got on it are really actually quite cool um so those like the actors are all game they're all good jk simmons is in it and he is fucking jacked like (laughs) he has got like muscles like like he is proper muscular it's like what the fuck the hell happened to j jonah jameson (laughs) (laughs) he's getting ready to fight spider-man um but yeah uh, he's proper jacked in it um and he adds quite a nice dynamic um to the parts of the films that he's in so um yeah it, it's it's a, an enjoyable film on amazon if you've got that and you can uh, check it out but like uh, that's why it kind of links today's film because it's kind of a mashup of things yeah. and that's kind of as we go on to that but what about you bobby what have you uh just going most <laughs> recently or lately been watching um so i actually watched the new um resident evil animation anime kind of show that was on uh, Netflix. Oh, the Infinite, Infinite Darkness. Yeah, came yeah. out yesterday in the UK or came out two days ago in the UK? Yeah, I think so. Oh, it's dog shit, man. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, I ha- I saw a clip of it earlier because I was yeah. like, I was looking at it because I'd heard about it, but I was like, oh, I'm not always that keen on those kind of ones. And I looked at, I watched a bit of the animation earlier and I thought, oh, it looks quite good until I saw the part where they're talking. And I yeah. always hate that the talking always seems just a little bit off. Like the voice, and like when they it do does. the animation badly, it just like when they're trying to do that hu- almost CGI human render, like almost like the video yeah. game itself. And then you kind of look at it and go, "Yeah, your your voice just seems a bit like it's like you're off. It's like it's not as well done as the video game has done the as you have like yeah. the video game did it." Well, it's just you know the the end fight against whatever you know. I don't want to spoil it, but the end fight was was pretty decent and was cool. Um, but the whole thing was just extremely cliched. Um, if you've seen any kind of generic action film about, you know, presidential involvement and the president, the presidential yeah. aides always behind it. And uh, okay. it was, you know, it was kind of disappointing because there are two uh, Netflix, no, not Netflix. There are two Resident Evil animation films. And I, haven't yeah. li- I didn't like the look of them. Um so I didn't watch them, and I was coping that this was going to be like an actual series, and it was going to be a bit different and a bit more like the kind of 
game Resident Evil as opposed to the animation. Yeah. But it was basically, it was four episodes, which is always kind of disappointing. Oh, and okay. Not really That's a series. A, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Very limited series. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't overly good. And that, but that was one of the two things that I was, I was actually looking forward to on Netflix. And the other one is a nice little segue was Fear Street. Yeah. Which is obviously, it's a, it's an adaption of a story from everybody's favorite, um, childhood horror writer rl stein big up goosebumps um and yeah. it is it's a trilogy spanning kind of what, 400 years um maybe 300 1994 yeah. 1676 and 1666 yeah. uh, six, uh, uh, six, uh, six, uh, six, yeah. 1666 um yeah so it's for, for it's free uh, 330 years well 28 years there you go i was trying to do the math in my head there <laughs> there you go something like that so it spans a very long time someone will definitely not pick up that was probably the wrong number we just both oh, said man. in journal i can never read numbers pick us up on our maths i should probably know this better but yeah i'm not I have a teacher that's not going to quit math. But yeah. today, we're, we're kind of going to talk about um, Fear Street 1994. We are going to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, and kind of the, just the, the 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 film in general. Uh, there will be spoilers ahead. We're not going to talk, you know, we're not going to give it a run through exactly scene by scene. We'll be talking no. about key scenes, key themes, that kind of stuff. And if you've listened to us before, there's probably a good chance that we'll probably like be like, is it that character or is it this character? Yeah. So you might not have a clue who's there anyway. So, uh, but you'll enjoy the journey. <laughs> and we all, as always, we jump to and from plot points. Yes, so we keep do. that in mind. We will jump for it. I don't, like, yeah, I think this one might be a little bit easier definitely easier than army of the dead was to keep on track of right what was that plot point where was this and definitely yeah. a little bit easier this time i think as a shorter much more shorter film yeah and um, for those who aren't kind of aware as we said it's a three-part um uh, you know adaption of an rl stein story covering this town which has you know it is rumored to have a curse in there and there's a lot of killings and there's a lot of kind of death that takes place there um, it's got that kind of like the R.O. Stein, but R.O. Stein's always very much compared to the Stephen King, but for young teens. Yeah. Yeah. Or young children's literature. And it's very much got that. Um, uh, what's the, 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 the town in the Stephen King that always has Maine. Yeah, Maine. Yeah, it's Maine. always that, isn't it? It's always very much this is. And this is also and it's also got that 90s nostalgia where it's it's the same place it's happened to Sunnyside and Sunnyvale, which sounds very similar to Sunnydale, like in yeah, that's Vampires a... there. It's got a lot of those kind of 90s reference to other places that are very similar to bad things that have happened in yeah. the stories. Um, so, yeah, it spans across these several hundreds of years. Well, the first two don't. The first two is only twenty, about twenty years apart. But this, the third one goes all the way back to where the, they believe the curse may have started. Yeah, and that's not a spoiler. That's in the trailer, <laughs> and we haven't seen part two or part three yet, so we can't ruin that for you. Uh, it's not, not even a, not even accidentally ruined. No, that we can't even accidentally <laughs> ruin that for you. Um, um, now, one thing I saw on, online, um, and I think it's worth commenting on, is so that nineteen ninety four particularly is kind of it does lean into the heavy kind of nostalgia and the heavy period of 1990 yeah, um, i saw a lot of people compare the general theme of the first you know first edition 1994 first film edition part part i <laughs> part. believe <laughs> i heard a lot of people kind of comparing it to a 90s version of stranger things in a way in which you know you you have a lot of references of that time and it just kind of leans heavily into that and it kind of mm. not to say yeah. not to call it nostalgia bait but it does play on that kind of nostalgia, you know? It definitely does. It definitely plays on that kind of nostalgia. Um, it definitely has the Stranger Things feeling. It even has actors who are in Stranger Things in these films, so, like in the film. So, for instance, right at the beginning uh, is the actress is called uh, Maya, who plays, I believe, Heather, and her name's uh, Maya Hawk, who is... Uh, who is in Stranger Things. She was in the last series of Stranger Things. I don't remember her. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. Have you watched all of Stranger Things? Yeah. Yeah. She, which is the, she's the uh, the girl that works in the, with the Steve character. She works, Steve has a crush on her, oh. but she turns out to be a lesbian. Oh, that girl. Um, not yes. in the final, just by that, but that's the first thing that buzzed in my head was the scene when yes. her and Steve are in the toilets together. And she was really good, actually. Yeah, so yeah, she, she brought in a nice kind of new energy to it. The one Justin um, scoops Ahoy out for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, she, yeah. She's the daughter of Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> so, if she, and if you look at her, she looks like Uma Thurman. She looks like a young Uma Thurman. I, if I if so, I see that now, I will probably um, there was a, think a, that. The only thing that passed ahead of that is that there was a thing the other day with uh, Quentin Tarantino where he'd like to do a Kill Bill. He talked about Kill Bill Three, but he only, he's only doing one more film, so he's not going to waste his final on a, doing a third in the trilogy. Yeah. But he'd want Uma Thurman, who was it like the main, the bride in Kill Bill, and he and. Maya Hawk to play her daughter because she has a daughter by the end of Kill Bill Part 2. Yeah. And it just kind of... If anyone ever director was saying it, it's so normal. But to me, it just sounds like Quentin Tarantino wants to get Uma Thurman, who he's been obsessed with, and her, his daughter, who looks just like him in a room together. <laughs> yeah. But that's just... We've talked in pr- previously about his weird obsession with Yeah, Pete. we have. Um, so it, this part... I don't know if each part was directed by the same. I know that it was... Uh, I, yeah, I believe part, uh, yeah. Leia Janik has... She's done all three parts Good, by the same director. Because we know that the filming of the trilogy kind of took place back to back. But this was filmed yeah. kind of 2019, wasn't it? So it was held off a little bit before release. I'm unsure why. I, um, I'd assume COVID. <laughs> really? I'd assume so, yeah. Was it always supposed to be for a streaming website? I, yeah, yeah. It, this was, I believe this was... Um, uh, I don't know. It says 20... Uh, I have, yeah. We'll, we have some notes in 20th Century Studios, but... I thought that Netflix had. I thought I always heard of this as a Netflix idea, that, that and I heard they had a deal with Aro Stein's uh, production company, that they were starting to make more and more stuff because they're gonna. I believe that they may be making a Goosebumps TV series oh, again, sick. a proper one, nice. um, which is great because. Um, Arl Stein obviously is these are the films and as you mentioned before, I mean a huge thing for me, Arl Stein pretty much what started my original love of horror film. Yeah. The books, the Goosebumps books and the Goosebumps TV series, oh. especially back in the nineties. Now I have that Goosebumps TV series on DVD. Hasn't aged well. But <laughs> but then again it was low budget, it was kids TV, it was things like that. It's still enjoyable in its own way, just very, very cheesy nowadays. Yeah, I think you have to take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah. It? But back then when it used to be on on TV like everyday children's TV, I would be like obsessed with R O Stein Goosebumps watching them. Yeah. Um and it definitely is what started me off on that kind of horror journey. So that's probably one of my earliest Earliest loves of horror yeah. is definitely Goosebumps. So to have this be about our son, that's what actually made me interested. In this. It's what drew me in when I heard about it. Obviously, this is different because this Stein has a lot of different areas. He has the ones that are aimed more at kids, and then he has teen kind of ones, and he has like young adult kind of. This is an uh, this is an adaptation of a young adult novel. That's why there is blood and gore and death and sex. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's worth understanding because I went into this kind of expecting it to be um more of kind of a, a straight up slasher so i yeah. expect i mean there is a decent body count in this i think there's like nine people who get killed or something like that yeah there is um, um possibly there's more than yeah but we don't see them all we don't see all of them there's off cameras but that's a i believe the body counts around nine ish maybe a bit more um and i kind of some of the problems for me with this world, the pacing, which I'll talk about later. And yeah. I'm unsure whether that's because in my mind, I was see- I was seeing this as a slasher film as opposed to a young adult kind of horror film. Absolutely, you know? yeah. That That is, that's it I thought was important to point out is anyone who comes in watching this film and is kind of disappointed that it's not, it's not exactly Scream or it's not exactly yeah. Halloween or it's not exactly, you know, something of that thing. In one way, it's gore. It's actually is probably gorier than actually both of those <laughs> horror franchises in a way, except for maybe the latest Halloween. But, um, but anyone expecting it to be of that pace of basically just a straight up skull masked killer running yeah. around killing people. It's, it's not that. Um, and then I guess if you look back at R.O. Stein and his, his work, like Stephen King, he's always kind of got a little bit, it's not normally just a monster chasing it is. There's normally something a bit deeper to it, yeah. a mythology or an idea and this one does have quite a deep mythology but it does take a little while for you to really even though you, if you've seen trainers and stuff yeah you might have an idea but it takes a little while to get to that idea i guess uh so you start to kind of del- to delve into it so it, it it does feel at times a little bit like the pacing is like when are we getting to the next that's it. It's that you, teen bit where you've yeah. got a lot of teen drama bits, and you're waiting before and, we get to then a lot more death. And you're all, yeah, and that's it. You're almost if you're watching it as like a slasher film, where you go into it thinking it's going to be that kind of standard formula. You like myself, kind of did to be honest. You find yourself expecting 
when's the next kill coming? When's yeah. the next thing? Um, but I mean, one thing that I, I, I really loved, I love the opening of this film. Um, and I saw a lot of people kind of, kind of say it's it's very scream-esque in its opening. You know, it's, it's, it's very, like, very, yeah. very scream. It's and even it, got soundtrack bits that are like, that's great. Very similar, Or yeah. his, the, 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 the skull, the skull the killer. Movements. But everything else, if you take away the skull, you could replace it with Ghostface. And yeah, you've basically got the same kind of similar outfit, like the move black, yeah. kind of moving around in the background. And That's one thing that I did, I, I loved about this film is obviously the next parts being 1978. Um, and it opens up in this kind of shopping centre, doesn't it? We call yeah. it a shopping centre. Americans would call it a mall. Yeah, um, well, it's a shopping. Center. I think this is again where the Stranger Things reference come to because it's that character in a mall, and it's the last season was a lot in take a lot of it took place in a very similar looking kind of mall. Yeah, so I think that's where those kind of another one of those like yeah. oh it's Stranger Things but a film but it's different but it's our set. not yeah. really. <laughs> I'd say I said those comparisons end pretty quickly in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, but. It kind of opens up with you know Heather Watkins and she's in she's a bookstore employee and I don't know the it, the opening of this film I just felt was really strong you know she says yeah. bye to her friend and then we I mean uh, when people said it's very similar to Scream I wasn't sure what how they meant so but yeah I guess in some of the ways in which it's actually shot it's very similar to Scream yeah I mean in, in terms of how the you know. I don't want to call him Skullface because because that's too close to Ghostface. Yeah, but terms but of, I, I, I swear they use a name like that in their film. We'll call him Skullface or the Skull like that. They use a very similar name to like Skullface. Yeah, but in terms of Skullface's movements, obviously that is very much a throwback to um, to, to Ghostface and our boy. Yeah, um, I just Definitely. I mean the whole thing. You know, when I love the scene where he's chasing her in the in the in the party shop. You know. And there's all of the different skulls laid out, and a lot of the kind of lighting and the cinematography felt as if it was from a '90s slasher, you know? Yeah, definitely. It it, it totally it it looked perfectly shot cinemato- cinematography, probably better than even like the Scream Four, like where we've said it before that the cinematography this looked felt so much more like Scream One or Two, like yeah, it was perfectly shot. Uh, the the neon in that like scene and yeah. things like that really added to the effect where you could kind of see it in the background, and I'd also say that a lot of the ways that the killer kind of trying to jump out, it didn't always feel too like oh you could completely predict where he was going to be at t- certain times, yeah. which is nice. Um, so definitely yeah, a strong opening, and you definitely felt for her her character when she first does that run and gets out you know yeah. towards the end when he actually gets her again that is almost shot for shot yeah the drew barrymore run they even slow it down which i don't actually even think i don't i'm not even sure if the original screen properly slowed it down i swear it was scary movie that did a, a boob like slow-mo did, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not entirely i'm not entirely sure, sure they do maybe screen they do screw it slow it down but um slow motion but yeah, the but yeah, all the way down to her being on the. The only difference it is when it cuts is instead of it being like the reflection in the like the yeah. the mat, the eye, it's the that you just see the knife actually go down. This time you actually get to see the knife go down into her chest Which instead awesome. of seeing it, and they're right in the chest. But then it has that nice. It has a nice twist, doesn't it? That the friend that she said before was Ryan. You're but, expecting slasher film. We're now thinking in the opening minutes thinking. Oh, this is Scream. This is basically Scream right well, now. So we're going to be guessing who that is the whole film, aren't we? Well, when when uh, when Hannah's hand went to the mask yeah. to pull it down, as uh, as Casey does in Scream, yeah. and it cuts away in Scream and it leaves us the mystery of who it is, I was expecting that, and that, I was like, yeah. oh, that's a nice homage to Scream. Yeah. But then when they pulled it off and they showed it, I was thinking, okay, now we know who the killer is. It's going to be a bit of a different story. Yeah. And then he gets shot on the head. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. And only because I had some uh, like idea before it and I knew that it was about some kind of like curse or something like that. I was like, oh, this is that. Is this going to be literally like you're going to constantly be guessing because everyone throughout the film is going to be constantly getting taken over by this witch or something like that, changing around and things like yeah. that. That's what I thought was going to happen. That's not where it went. So again, I couldn't quite predict exactly where this like was going yeah. which is some parts it was good some parts it kind of i felt like oh actually you know what part of me kind of would have preferred the, <laughs> the killer jump around one instead yeah. of the you know that kind of one i, I guess too much uh 
that would be a bit too well like freaky or something like yeah. that. <laughs> but <laughs> no, more possessed. I think overall, it, I think it was good in the way in which the town, um, you kind of had the two, uh, you had Shady Side, which is where the mass, a lot of the massacres take place. Um, and then in parallel with kind of Sunnyvale. And obviously, yeah. I think going forward, looking at 78 and, you know, 1666, I think this whole barrier between the two towns is definitely going to be, you know, thematically, it's going to be something that's quite strong and is, and is there. Yeah. This potential rivalry between the two towns. You have one which is full of kind of um, murders every couple of weeks. There's murders and, you know, it's, it's kind of that, you know, I'm not going to say abject poverty, but kind of lower socio-economical side, yeah. isn't there? And then you have Sunnyvale, which is the kind, which is extremely kind of well it, off. It's the yeah, it's the it's the rich kids. It made me think of Pawnee, Pawnee from uh, <laughs> Pawnee. Like, yeah, not Pawnee. What Pawnee are we talking <laughs> yeah, about? <laughs> it made me think of Pawnee, um, and oh, okay, we rivals. are talking about Parks and Rec. Yeah, Parks and Rec. <laughs> yeah, or. Um, yeah, you've got these in loads of shows. You've got uh, Springfield and... Uh, I can't remember the same. We keep failing on the other side. <laughs> I haven't watched... But then I haven't watched Simpsons for like 15 years. But yeah, you have this... I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's a common kind of it's theme. It's a common that, that theme. So yeah, I can see what you mean. That I, It would be nice, and I hope that it does play out, that we see it. They've built these things up in this first episode. It, it, yeah. It's a bit straight. Like, we're working backwards, not forwards. Yeah. So, uh, but we're not completely working backwards. <laughs> and just, um, just to kind of read out um, one of the comments that we got, because if you if you follow us on social media, um, on Twitter specifically, at CMTH Podcast, um, we're kind of getting people's thoughts about this and we're reading some of them out, so come and see us. Um, our boys over at We Needed Roads Podcast, shout out. Um, I asked, you know, what's the general consensus so far? And they said that, you know, think needs you free before passing judgment. Um, the supporting actors were better than the main two girls, which I kind of agreed with. And then awesome soundtrack, even though we only got five seconds of some songs, <laughs> which we mentioned as we were setting up. Um, so, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was kind of, it was awesome to have this 90s soundtrack. Uh, but then eventually it was like, we get the idea that you're in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. That's... You don't have to play like 10 yeah. seconds and then hard to get into another 90s song. <laughs> well, we had this, it, that was, we, that conversation started from another tweet yeah. if you want to read this one's known to me <laughs> yeah so this was uh this was your friend uh josh hooten yeah yeah josh hooten who does um one some yeah his, who does if his you want to read it and then... um so our boy josh said um i thought it was good fun uh, had enough nostalgia to the slasher renaissance and blair witch which yeah i, I kind of own has only just kind of clocked on me this whole idea of the witchcraft and the witch sarah fryer kind of Blair Witch was the late 90s, so that's yeah. kind of a good one. Um, and he thought it did a good job of capturing the feeling. But yeah, yeah, again, the music editing throughout was poor with hard cuts. But he's excited to see the rest. Yeah. Um, and that what is yeah, so it was that. So, uh, yeah, just as that little uh, token you say before, so he has actually got a brand new podcast called Discount, um, which is all about video games. Nice. Um, so uh, go and check that out. It's on Spotify or any good streaming service um but Fast. that talk about um music um that kind of got us started on this whole like yeah okay so certain songs we have a whole range of like there's a great soundtrack in there but it you know we've got radiohead we've got cypress hill we've got snoop dog we've got but in that first 20 minutes it literally is like Right, five, like like we said on the tweet, it's like five seconds. Oh, listen, oh, oh, I like this song. Oh, shit, okay, we've yeah. moved on to, now we're on to Creep by Radio. Oh, wait, no, the no, bus no. is gone. Now we're on to <laughs> whatever else is next. And it just was like, it, it kind of started to feel a bit like we've got 90s references and now you're adding 90s music, but it kind of started to feel a bit like, yeah, like you said, we get it. Yeah. You are 90s. You're shoving it down our throat maybe a bit too much at this point. Uh, we yep. get it. We get the horror references. We get the TV show references, even though yeah. thrown in here. Um, it, it felt it's not bad. Like, it's not bad, but for me, it felt like you know when you you're doing something and you think like maybe this is a music video. You know, yeah. you know? like yeah. you're on the bus and it's a sad day and you're listening to Everybody Hurts. Yeah, and or you're running and you're you're listening to like uh, I don't know 
something else. I can't I mean, think no, of a song. No, but I know, I, I know what you mean, and I feel like they do try to play that in the in yeah. the film. It's like uh, it's like when our when our uh, our main uh, character is trying to uh, Dina is like listen that's that scene when I'm on about with Radiohead creep. She's listening to it on the bus, and it's as the bus disappears, then it cuts away. So quite often, a lot of the songs are depending on how she's feeling. Like she's looking at someone in a '90s song about how she's feeling alone, then plays. I can't remember what the song was, but like it seems to be relating to the character, which is great, works fine. But if it's consistent, but it's not consistent. Yeah. At some points, it's just songs for the for songs and then sometimes it's from Dina's perspective sometimes she's not even in the scene and it's still jumping around to like randomly it's like okay yeah okay we, uh, let's calm that down and it does calm down after those first say 20 minutes yeah it? it does and I think <laughs> but I think the first the opening act of the film um, which I felt you know I felt kind of they really nailed because we have the, we have a strong opening and then we have this thing about how um, they're going to have a candlelight vigil for the people who died at the, at the uh, shopping centre yeah and then we go there, and that's where we we kind of see the the polar opposites between the towns because they're doing it at a football game, um, and everybody on the football team has to come. And then a couple of parents and a couple of other people come from um, from shady side to kind of show, you know, pay tribute. But then the only people who come from Sunnyvale are the ones who have like mandatory have to attend. Yeah, and even then they're kind of saying isn't you know this is just this is like this isn't surprising something that happens every day and a huge scrap happens you know um definitely be interested to see Uh, i don't know how much in the next one because we know it takes place more of a camp but there could be the divide between a good camp and a bad camp because you get quite a lot of all the people the rich camp and the you know the the kids mixing at the camp which is why i'm mixing uh and 1666 is pretty much i could assume will could literally be the divide between different more less towns and more villages or fit like small but you know like well, it could uh, be the two villages and then are they great um <laughs> but just kind of touch on the cast recently um just because uh we needed Rhodes kind of mentioned the fact the point that they felt that the two supporting actors um which were benjamin flores jr and uh julia redwald um i think i pronounced that uh, yeah josh and kate yeah as josh and kate this kind of uh, this couple, you know, Josh is kind of, he's that very uh, 90s kind of, I almost felt like a 90s kind of skater, like, li- like not like a complete stoner dude, but like a bit of like... He, uh, yeah, he, he, well, he is close to that st- stoner dude. At times, at times he gets the chance to be more than that. And we yeah. do actually get a little bit of his backstory and things like that. Um, we do get a little bit of that kind of, that he's actually kind of supporting his family and things yeah. like that. So they try to they try to build them into more, which I do think really works. It pays off at the end. Um, and I and then with Kate as well, they both come across as in the first scene we see them in like one of the earliest scenes we see them is in like a bathroom yeah, talking. And she's getting and, and they talk about the drugs and stuff like. That. And straight away you do go. I I felt like I felt a little bit of an eye like okay, so these are like the drug. These characters are going to be dead in like no time. Then I'm assuming like they're going to be our best friend, but we're going to see it. And we get one of the first bits we get with um when we have the the skull face come back again is a bit when uh, Dina's in her house with her brother. Yeah, and then we get Kate and think. And I was getting a very like scream four kind of yeah looking across each other windows across each other like oh there you are there you are expecting him to like pop out and kill her again it went against expectation doesn't go that way but these two characters um i will say that start off of the film i didn't really like them by the end of the film i did like them yeah and um i don't i think we can maybe come like, we'll come back come to back that. to the where they go yeah. but let's just say i i felt by i felt it was and needed maybe what like one of their deaths especially I felt was maybe well, we'll a get, step too far. We'll get to that and unneeded and just we'll they, get they got done dirty. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to that. Um, but then the main character, which is uh, Kiana, is that how you pronounce that? Kiana uh, Madeira as Dina Johnson um, and Olivia Scott Welsh as her ex partner Sam. Um, oh yeah, I I like that part of the story. I like that they, we had this idea that these two people have been in a relationship together. Um, and then one of them had moved to the other side. And, oh, yeah, yeah. and it kind of made it made sense because they were saying, you know, so this is a lesbian couple. And uh, Dean is obviously our main character. And Sam is the one who's gone away. And now she's with a guy. Um, and then 
you know, they're kind of, well, I don't know if lesbian couple is the right word. I don't know. But they're kind it's of, not yeah. really said yet. Yeah. 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 We say that lesbian couple, it's not really clear whether Sam's that bi or whether she's bi or lesbian or whether she's actually just um, using this other Peter, the jockey Peter, guy, yeah. as like a, a cover because her mum is basically Potentially, against them. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and we kind of have this, this, idea that um you know sam moved away and then dina broke up with sam because she'd moved away to sunnyvale and suddenly thought she was better than her and all of this kind of stuff so you i quite like the idea of how this how this almost blood feud potentially between the two kind of towns causes yeah. this rift between people um and simply the fact of just moving there kind of broke this relationship yeah. down and i kind of i kind of liked how it played up because it it kind of exacerbates um, the already kind of the tension that's already there at the at the memorial. Um, and there's a scene where you know Peter and Sam and some other dude are driving behind the chasing, the, after, the chasing bus. after the bus, throwing stuff at the bus, and then Dina chucks like a water cooler or something out of the back, yeah, which causes a crash. And then Sam kind of lands I'm, I'm not sure if if it was just where she landed i think it was where she, she landed, does land she lands because um it's easy to say because uh, we might have not come to the right this later but when she puts her hand in, it, somewhere she puts her hand and her hand kind of goes down a little bit and uh then she sees flashes of the witch yes sarah fryer sarah yeah. fryer um which is believed that she's untamed the uh the beast as we say because she's uh, the bones or something in the yeah. ground and things like that um as we like find that out later but she kind of that and as she touches the ground she sees this kind of flash of all these different images and we get yeah. very quick cuts um I, I, and it, it it's interesting um it's definitely an interesting thing. And another interesting thing is the way her no nose bleeds, the same yeah. way that Dina's nose bleeds. When Dina gets really angry, so uh, one thing I noticed was when Dina gets really angry, her nose bleeds, and obviously Sam's then bleeds the same yeah. way when she's touching it. But um, Dina's more, more seems to come as if the curse on the town, almost, is kind of, it builds on that kind of anger. It almost builds on this clash between the two towns in a way, in a little yeah. way. But it's also, um, I noticed the bus goes past the uh, shady side sa- uh, sign. Yeah. And then that's when her nose starts to bleed. So it's almost as if she's fine. She's angry, but she's fine. And then the anger gets turned into this, I'm going to do this act, which she kind of knows could cause a serious accident. Yeah. But her mind suddenly goes against it. So Dina's, it's almost as if, everyone in that town could be a little bit affected their decisions yeah by being inside the town so i thought that was a nice like way that you could see between the two but there was also that link between them with the yeah. bleeding nose and the and i guess we're going to see when that comes up in 78 that, yeah. 1666 we'll see if epo's theory is, is correct <laughs> um and there is another character who i did really really kind of uh like and that no i, I got the name wrong sorry um so benjamin flores jr is uh, who plays Josh is Dina's uh, Dina's brother. Dina's brother. Yeah. I'm shit with names. He's like conspiracy yeah. theorist boy. Kate's uh, Kate's boyfriend is Fred Fred um, Highender as Simon. I'm just you know. Oh, okay. You yeah, know yeah. I'm really shit with names. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah and I really right. I like the Josh. I, yeah. I really like the Even Josh. I thought it was Kate and Josh. Yeah. So there you go. I really like the Josh character who who is that conspiracy theory and going. I, I think there's there's something interesting with the chat room you know he's in the chat room with somebody talking kind of like medieval yeah and he's kind of, i don't think that's gotta definitely that's definitely gonna be yeah. played back up isn't it because we don't know who it is no. uh we we are by the end of the film we have no idea who that is so but, it's quite nice that that's kind yeah. of played up throughout the film but him as a character who who has been kind of believes in you know uh sarah fire and believes in the curse and shows you know shows them all of the previous killers and the previous killers themselves look kind of like they could have their own little show or episode yeah. you know you see these really cool flashes of like somebody killing somebody and stuff like that and it just made me think like wow this could, like there is there could be potential for this whole series and world about each individual story yeah. you know I expect, I mean, I expect them to get a little bit, each of those characters to get a little bit more of a flashing, but they're not all going to be the main. No, definitely. Um, 
the main ones. I think uh, as we build towards later, the the ones we get later on are the almost the main three, like that will kind of be touched yeah. upon more than anyone else. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, we get these flashes of like uh, the the one with the boy, the little boy in the the mask. I, I can't remember what he's called. Yeah. Billy something. I think he was called. Uh, where you just basically see a shot of like until until this point, though it had been a little bit gory, it wasn't completely gory. But to it, me, like the yeah. goriest shot you get early on is this scene where there's. This little boy in a mask called Billy is just literally, you see like three shots of him bash this face in and the face yeah. is getting more and more like and that's smushed awesome. down. It was and, like, that's yeah. amazing. And the, the kind of, the gore that we'd been getting was, um, it was like knives in. It was and, scream level. You know, yeah, yeah scream. a little bit of splatter of blood, but not yeah. like full on. It does get more and more gory. Yeah, but... and a lot of the, I mean, one thing that I do love about Scream is that it tries to stay as grounded as possible. Yeah. Um, so you don't, you know, Ghostface isn't ripping people's heads open. It's not gouging eyes out. No. It's just stabbing. The stabbing looks good. And that's what you've been getting in this. Up until this point, it just mainly been stabbings. Yeah. You know, but well done and gory. But it was when we see these flashes that we, of the previous kind of killers that we you start to see a lot more gore coming about. Um, and that kind of moves us on to the second act, I'd say. You know, once we, we go to the hospital and, you know, I expected Peter to die. You know, Peter was just a oh yeah, he, Peter, he, he yeah. was just a body for the count, wasn't he? Yeah, Peter dies, goes yeah, gets knifed through the back. Um, <laughs> I thought it was something else actually that went through him because it just seemed too bit long to be a like the knife, like the one he pulls out. I almost thought it looked almost too small. I know you just see the tip, but I thought it was going to be more like a, a pole or a spike. Yeah, or something I'm like sure that. it's a knife. Um, it, no, it is a knife. He pulls it out the other side. It was just more. I was looking and go, ah, that looks. I don't know. Yeah. That looks a bit small to go all the way from the human body out the other side. But the um, interesting thing is that we find out Skullface is um, is still Ryan, is still Ryan. The, yeah, with, it, the with the bullet hole in his head. Still. In his head, and they go to the police and they're saying, "You oh, know, he's dead. You know, he's he's alive and he's killing us." And they say no, which makes me think that there's potentially something to do with the chief is somehow knows what's going on or something. I don't know. Mm. I get the impression. I know at the end he's like, "We should have listened to you" or something. But I just get the impression that he knows something's going on, which I guess. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure because it's really hard to. It's really hard to tell uh, from anything they've released so far whether how much we're actually going to come back to this. If if at all, we're coming back to fully yeah. to 1994. Um, it's certainly it, like parts of this certainly make it feel like we should be. Otherwise, it's going to feel a little bit like left open. Unless we're going to do another trilogy, another sequels of each of these like parts, yeah, because um, it certainly feels left open from that. But yeah, I don't know. I didn't get the same. I didn't get quite the same with the the, the police officer. I kind of felt I he did. was a bit more unknowing. Yeah, <laughs> I so, felt like some people knew, but I didn't get it so yeah. much from him. I mean, the only I mean, just talking about the pacing of this because I kind of felt that um, for me, the opening act was really good. But I think once we got the kind of um, once the crash had happened and the witch had been awoken, yeah. I guess you could say that. It kind of, I found that it kind of entered into a lull. Yeah, uh, yeah. After, after the crash, definitely, the witch had been awoken. And the whole bit that I mentioned earlier about when I thought Kate and... Was it Simon? Yeah, Simon were in different houses from there. And that's when the skull uh, appears again, right building up until we get to the hospital. Anything between that, I mean, I'm even struggling. I watched this film literally a couple of hours ago. Yeah. And I'm struggling to remember what happened in this. And I remember being a little bit like, okay, I'm a bit bored now. Yeah. You know, I'm, a yeah. Bit, I'm a bit ready to look at my phone now. I'm kind of losing interest, uh, yeah. I, which I didn't expect. I do feel like they just kind of, whatever they're talking about, I get it with like the thing with the witches, stuff like that. And I, I do like that kind of, that they say these undead are back. Yeah, these undead killers from the past. That's got a great idea. Well, you know, to bring have, back all of these. Particularly kind of... the main three that we get. So we get the um, we get Skullface, who obviously we've seen in the uh, previous uh, in the opening. Yeah, we get what looks to be the killer from nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, we get um, he, who is basically he's basically a Jason. He's part two Jason. In fact, yeah. he's got almost like a tight sack around his head. He's got like a. a uh, is it an axe or yeah? Yeah, it's axe. an axe. It is an axe. But that's what I did like. So we have this. Um, I like him. Yeah, yeah. Ghost skull face moves very much like that nineties kind of. We've got the yeah person in disguise killer. Whereas seven, you know, the the killer from seventy eight does have that kind of hulking movement yeah. to him. And then we get the this the like this 
female. This yeah, girl. With, uh, female. 19, she was from 1965, I believe her name was something like Brenda. She was uh, who believed you know had been taken over and killed people with a like, razor blade and cut her own wrists. Yeah, and but, you'd see like her kind of messed up. And we're introduced Ruby to Lane, her. I think yeah, we're introduced to her after the hospital, aren't we? Yeah. When she's on the side of the street and quite a creepy. That was. Cool. I thought Simon was going to get like butchered and quite a like it kind of worked quite creepy because he was kind of being held down and you felt against it. If he'd been killed at that point, it kind of would have been like, oh my god! But also, like that would be kind of like because it's just the way he suddenly just is like held down and like sliced and things like that. And the music—I don't know what music was on the background, but it kind of played into it, and it started suddenly yeah. felt really dark that he was just like all the rest of them were over there, and he was just by himself in the middle of like literally in the middle of an open street getting sliced out. I I thought that was when he was going to die. Um, it's not. <laughs> but I guess maybe I don't know if, if this if this whole middling or you know. I don't know what the right word is. If this whole kind of second act to this pacing issue is because I'm expecting it to be like a slasher film, and I'm expecting there so. to be I think this is, we would, throughout. So I would definitely say, if we're talking about the tone of this, it definitely goes up and down, and that's partially because yes, we've got quite a lot of uh, explanation kind of scenes that are kind of fitted in between the slasher scenes, yeah. and it, a slasher thriller would be what I would go with for this. You know, yeah. you've got a proper thriller plot. You've got a kind of a mystery that needs to be solved. And you've got the kids do it, like trying to solve this mystery together in a kind of, you know, nostalgic kind of way. But I would say that I didn't feel like there was enough revealed in some of these scenes for it to feel like I could have lived without them kind of thing. Yeah. And I occasionally felt like they were going on too long. So again, even with the hospital scene, it's like, oh, oh okay, we're building back up again. And then I believe it dropped again. Yeah, right up and like it did really feel like it went back down again where they were trying to search for, uh, you know, who who could be involved or how they're going to. Uh, they work out that it is um, uh, uh, Sam. Yeah, Sam. Yeah, Sam, Sam yeah. is the so uh, as we said, this is going to be spoiled. So Sam is the uh, the curse. The reason they're after Sam when they try to go back to the site, as I said before, yeah. of the bones in the in the ground. She's the one that touched the bones. Her blood got onto the bones of uh, Sarah Fryer fire. Um, and that is why they after her, she wants the rest of her blood. She wants her dead. Like she yeah. wants to take her soul or possess her soul. I Tension believe. Um, so when, uh, so when we have say the, Ed, the ax killer, or I can't remember what his name was, we'll come, you know, we go straight Pat, he goes straight past Josh heading straight to, towards Sam. And they suddenly realize, Oh shit, it's her. The reason that these guys are now reappearing, even though they're meant to be dead, is because Sarah Fryer, Fire. I keep saying Fryer. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> Sarah Fryer has has brought them back uh, from the dead in order to hunt down, which was a cool part. Yeah. I liked the idea. I like that was one bit we mentioned before. I liked the fact that we've got like dead murderers from the past. Yeah, that was rising cool. out of the, you know, the ash. But then it kind of does lead to a whole part where it's like, this is really cool. Are we going to see these guys like, but because it's all focused on her, that means we don't get a lot of other collateral damage for a long time. Uh, yeah. And it kind of, for me, it kind of felt as if the stakes got a bit lowered. Yeah. Because no if, one else is really, yeah. If, if Sam got killed, would everybody else be at risk? I don't know. Yeah. And it's that, and it's and a this strange part, thing. That part of the plot is a part that did kind of where we ended up anyway kind of was a bit like, oh, I feel like that's a plot point that in some films and some things, it really could work. It's a good catalyst to be like, we need to save this important person. This one, it didn't feel like, it just didn't feel like she was important enough for her to be the one that people live or die for. Yeah, it kind of, I mean, it, it, it felt like just because she disturbed the grave, kind of is yeah didn't for me wasn't a important enough reason to keep her alive no enough. and because uh, it's just more because i would have loved to have seen those unle- those mo- those killers now unleashed upon the town kind of thing yeah. or so more like i know that's probably a bit of a you know just a straightforward slasher kind of thing or a bit of a almost like the ending of like cabin in the woods where yeah. it's all unleashed but i kind of want to see more of them ha- be more at risk because technically if if none of them a lot of it is played up that the reason that the killers still come after the other ones is because they have Sam's blood on them. Yeah. So it's like a, a shark after water. I did like the explanation with Jaws. Yeah. The whole like it's coming after you like Jaws and like the conversation about like so how did they defeat Jaws? Like, okay, that doesn't apply here. Anymore. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> yeah, liked that, that part, but 
there was a whole section where they're just trying to work out how they can how they can stop it for Sam or how they can get away from him. And it just that bit just didn't like it didn't feel like it necessarily majorly pushed this mythology forward. Yeah. It felt like we were now just focused on right, we just need to save this one character, which when the film when the film's meant to be, you know, uh, and this isn't saying it's not, it's still a fun film and enjoyable. I just feel like when looking at it, I was just like, you've got all this mythology that you've started to build up and we know we're still going to have two more parts, but now we're kind of really just focused on saving one character. Yeah. Who now feels a little bit, to me, it just felt a little bit insignificant in what could have been a bigger, a yeah. bigger role for this town to play kind of thing. Well, that's what I'm, what I'm hoping for that will be kind of answered as we go on. Yeah. I hope um, so. Because there is this, there is something that causes the people to, in the town to kill, you know, um, which is an interesting story. But then kind of just having Sam as almost the focal point of being, you know, we have to save her. I don't know. I would have been more interested into potentially looking, either having the whole group being hunted down by these killers as they're kind of trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Or having people possessed and killing and they've got to try and survive so they don't know who's got to kill them and it yeah. can be at any time. So they got to survive that whilst trying to find out what's going on. Because it, it seems someone can only be possessed. As, like it, it's kind of it's, it gets a bit confusing at times because it's kind of hard to tell how long before someone can like if anyone can be possessed at any time or not at all because obviously they don't. Sixty six and there's a lot of other ones throughout for years, but they always seem to leave about I don't know six to eight years between each each one or so. Like they've left it between like there's. But then in this yeah. one, we get like two possessions that happen like in one, which they, I thought at first, I was like, okay, Ryan's been possessed. And it seems the last one was like, you know, 20 years ago or something like that. So I was like, okay, yeah. so we're not going to get one or like 10 years ago. I don't know, but we're not going to get, we're not going to get another possession. So this isn't a film where we constantly keep getting other people possessed. And I accepted yeah. that. I was like, okay, that's not this film. That's fine. Um, but but then when it is just that one and we we start bringing back the other ones and then obviously by the end of the film we have another person possessed yeah it kind of becomes like, okay so I, I'm now I'm like I'm sure we're gonna find out and that's what's nice that we're gonna find out in the next you yeah know, few weeks and I hope I feel like these these obviously work are gonna work as a whole aren't they it's gonna yeah be part one to three it's gonna you're gonna need to see all parts but also there also comes the problem of if people have built up certain ideas and those don't get answered it's going to be a bit of a hot yeah well, okay <laughs> i guess we'll see so we'll have to see about that time. yes we will um, um well i i found it quite interesting you know the towards the end of it and as we kind of entered the third act um they realized that you know there is a way to survive it um because they do you know they try and rebury the body don't they and then they try to destroy the killers which was quite cool but yeah. ultimately they find out that you know that you can survive it um, and then, then they see C. Berman, who I'm guessing will be the main character in the next, uh, in yeah. 78. Um, and, you know, then they find out that she died but was resuscitated. Um, and they call her and there's no answer. They find out that she was she's dead or something like that, don't they? She died yeah. old age or something. Um, and then they kind of move to this plan to have Sam overdose fatally. Yeah. And then to bring her back, which... I kind of get it. Um, I don't think is regarding kind of writing wise. I, I don't. It's not the most genius kind of twist, but I think no. I get it. It kind of reminds me of when we were talking about Final Destination. Yeah, it's Final Destination too. You know. Yeah. But you can skip it if you kind of yeah fake your death. And come yeah. Back. I yeah. I, no, I get. Yeah. I definitely. I, I definitely got it. And it was a nice throwback to when Simon early in the film kind of says. At first, you think, "Oh, these." Kate and Simon, you're really fucking reckless. You're kind of laughing about the fact that your brother OD'd and you just about managed to bring him back kind of thing. So I was like, but it's, it was kind of nice that something like that flicked back to, um, you know, flicked back to, oh, in the end, this is actually what they're going to use. So it's nice that they kind of set that up early in the film. But I didn't completely feel like the resuscitated death thing. I just felt like I don't, this doesn't feel like it's going it, to, it's, it's going to work. Um, and now, as I'm saying this, I just popped to my head and realised it didn't work. It doesn't work, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you not in the way you might think. So, um, yeah, it it it, it does work, um, but uh, that's 
as part of this whole shopping uh, inside of the uh, pharmacy supermarket kind of big climax what you think is the big climactic scene where they're trying to draw God, them all in yeah. they put blood all over over all of them so they're all willing to sacrifice themselves you know but not really they're trying to just like distract them and get them away yeah. um so we all get this and, and this part yeah it definitely brings the interest back up a little bit um a lot of the talk about how to kill her revive her and bring her back goes on a bit too long yeah, where we have several bits where it's like that, and then we have a whole bit where Dean is like making. We're having scenes where Dean is forcing the pills down her throat and to Sam and things like that. And it's kind of like okay, yeah, we can, like you can tell it's hard for her, but it's some that bit for me again. It's just a little bit longer than it needed to be, kind of things like that. Just little things like that, yeah. little little touches like that. But the killers chasing them round was that, cool. That was cool, and then, um, and I think this is where. For me, I kind of get, yet again, I get a bit unsure. So I don't know whether, because this is where Simon and Kate die. And the deaths are cool as fuck. So Kate um, is obviously, she's keeping uh, Skullface busy. And then they get into a fight. And he turns on like a bread slicer, doesn't he? Yeah. And he slides her head into it and it cuts. Oh, I watched that like it's three really, times. It's man. really it's slow. Like, like first she gets stabbed. Yeah. Then she's fighting. She's doing a good job of fighting them off. And then she lands on the thing. And because she really slowly goes towards that bread slice, it almost seems like someone's about to jump in and save her. Yeah. Which is, again, why it kind of defies that. Because I was almost there. Like, all, the two guys that had kind of been over, like, the Simon and Josh had both kind of been, like, one, Simon's with her, but Josh is kind of in love with her. Yeah. <laughs> so you're kind of there, like, uh, and expecting one of them to suddenly jump in and stop, and it doesn't happen. So yeah, yeah. and then, you can explain what her death looks like, but yeah. it's fucking it's beautifully grim, you know. So it's, it's the just, most graphic thing in the film. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and he starts slowly sliding her head into this bread slicer, and it doesn't wince away from it, which I was impressed with. And it just kind of slices up about halfway into her head, doesn't it? It and does. Just kills it can, her, and, and it, like you see, like the skull kind of fall off, and like yeah. things like that in the and brain. It, it's pretty bad, man. Um, and then. Yeah. Um, we kind of assume that, you know, it's over or, you know, Josh Simon and, and Josh uh, are both looking on at her dead as they come around kind of thing. Yes, yeah, they they're come both looking up on her. Cause, uh, oh, they're in a bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, they are. They both stop for a second. The killers are still out there. That's when that's when jo- uh, Simon, Simon looks over towards Josh and then he gets the axe in the back, straight of the in the back of the head. And I think for me, I think because I'd been expecting it to be a, um, I expected it to be a slasher film. Hmm. So I expected... Uh, body counts kind of peppered and spread out throughout it. Yeah. And then there was, you know, after the opening and after Peter's death, there wasn't really anything up until then. And then we get yeah. two main characters. Well, there was the guy in the hospital that got cried. Peter, death. yeah. No, the oh. other one's not. Who was he? So the, the receptionist. Oh, thing, yeah. You don't was... get to see it. Hers is already cut, but then you've got the, that was the, awesome the guy death. who picked up. He gets proper. Yeah, he gets like, stabbed up the yeah, throat. Yeah, the throat. That's that was an long. awesome death. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. Um, I forgot about those two. But after that kind of hospital bit, then we kind of don't get anybody. We get Simon, we get uh, Simon being attacked, yeah. and we get you know bits and pieces of stuff of you know building dread and stuff. But we don't really get much confrontation, and we get no deaths. So yeah. for me, I was thinking, okay, there's got to be a chase, but there's not going to be any deaths. And then to have the two main two side you know main side characters be killed off quite brutally yeah. in, in I mean these deaths take place within a minute and a half, two minutes of each other was just so like it, it it was quite jarring for me almost you know because yeah. i was thinking tonally i was thinking like well yeah. totally this is the, this is the weird thing these gory moments and uh, occasionally like this expert it kind of is weird because it literally toes the line between being basically like a like a teen novel kind of thing yeah. where they allude to the deaths but they don't actually describe or really show them or being a full-on slasher and this is what this film is. It kind of, it feels like that young adult, like between like really overly gory and not kind of thing. You see what I mean? Like it goes, like it feels like a book with a lot of explanation and then like a film with a lot more gore than you necessarily expect to see <laughs> here or read in the book. So it kind of totally throws you off a little bit of time. Um, but I would say, as, as I was alluding to before, that I, I personally, I felt... Although I really uh, liked the fact they went all in on the gore, so I could I respected that. But from a character perspective, 
I f- really just felt a bit like it just made me feel a bit uh like the 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 Kate one especially the the Simon one I guess I was expecting I was expecting him to really die the whole time but yeah. the Kate one I don't know Kate one almost felt a bit over the top to me really? <laughs> like it's gory and I love I love the if it was anything else I'd feel I a lot of other type horror films you know what I mean I'd feel completely yeah. in because it was so much more graphic than everyone else and from like a character perspective I just kind of started to feel like a di- like like we lose Kate and we lose Simon. And this is what links me back to my problem with Sam being the focus of basically a lot of this towards the end. Yeah. That we start to really just focusing on the mythology of how it affects one character more than anyone else. And the fact that we have, <laughs> we have like five other people who are willing to sacrifice their life for one person. Yeah. I get, I know that that's a, in, in a lot of, a lot of literature and a lot of films that is covered of like, is it worth sacrificing yourself for one person? But in those films, those people don't then get their head completely obliterated apart to a young teenager <laughs> who, let's be honest, although she did some like sell, sold some drugs on the side, was not a bad character. No, she so wasn't. didn't really deserve to die that way for Sam, who I kind of it was one of those few times where I left it going, they should just fucking kill Sam. <laughs> like, they should <laughs> yeah. just let him kill Sam. Like it's one person, like two people died as well as lots of other people in a way yeah. died because of one character. So it starts to feel a little bit when I like, I just kind of there like, like if she'd just been stabbed, I might not have felt so, but because she literally gets such a horrible death, I kind of feel like, no, you know what? That wasn't worth it. They could have just let <laughs> Sam overdose. She'd be yeah. dead and that's it. We're over with. You know what I mean? I get it. Well, the problem was the overdose failed, it, didn't it? It, it, it yeah, it, it did. Yeah, that whole like thing failed. But like, I, but I just kind of got you know, well, it's not like they, someone else couldn't still. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bang. <laughs> you know, but um, <laughs> they had a gun. Um, yeah, I think the idea is just to that they to, don't want to, to bring her back to life. Yeah, I know that. But... Follow her brain out and then try and bring her back. <laughs> but there's just a point that like, I understand. I understand the characters' ideas about it, and I understand all of those. But it just starts to feel a little bit like, wow, you proper went there to kill her off, like kill those characters off in her, like just for her. And I don't know. I I did feel a little bit like it was as if like these two characters can't possibly die yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. I got a little bit like these two characters can't possibly die. It can't be, it can't be those characters. So it has to be the, the standard yeah. stoner characters that had to die. I'd almost have felt more shocked if Dina had, I think I would have cared less actually weirdly. I didn't like Kate that much at the start, but I think by the end I would have, if Dean had got a head slice, I think I would have been more like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Like yeah. I get it. Like she's, you know, she's, She's overtly like, we can't kill Sam. The other two are just kind of going along with it to be nice friends and be like, okay, we can do this to help you kind of thing. Yeah. So that they're the ones that then die. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. that's a bit fucked up. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying horror films are ever fair, but that would definitely go on my undeserved deaths list yeah. now. <laughs> like Kate has now made it onto that list. Simon, not so much. Like no. you get a quick, you got a quick act to the head. It looks like he died pretty fast. She yeah. had to feel her head being exploded apart before she even was dead. <laughs> and she got stabbed as well. He got... Yeah, so she got, she suffered. Yeah, she did. Um, but just because, you know, this thing, I've been hearing a lot of kind of people who either seem to be loving this or seem to be kind of hating it. And there were a few people, you know, like us, who who, who see the fun in it and kind of take it for what it is. Yeah. Um, but we, we did get one kind of overwhelmingly negative kind of, comment regarding it um and to to be balanced you know i I will read it out absolutely um and this is from mark prop at damo suzuki one um (laughs) and he said that he watches every movie through to the end always and he has no controls and no limits which shout out um (laughs) he said shot on a on the weekend in rural arkansas with a cast that was paid in beer i'll watch it to the credits i couldn't finish this i hated it so much i couldn't stand it Fuck this stupid rotten trash. And then I asked him if he's going to be watching the other two. Um, and he said, doesn't see the point. Couldn't tolerate another minute of the first one. And I assume more of the same. Um, and I wouldn't go that far, but each I, to their own, you know. Yeah, I completely respect that, that we have it. I don't think that this film is, like, I don't think, I definitely wouldn't say that level. Of, I like, I can't see that level of hate with this film. No. I can say that people could be underwhelmed of it. And I'm not, I'm not going to say that this is a great horror film. It's not a great horror film. It's an enjoyable piece of entertainment. Maybe as a whole, once we yeah. all three parts, I might think it's even better or I might think it, it's worse. 
I, you know, I haven't seen the part two yet. I've already heard little rumblings of people saying it wasn't as good as the first one. But we'll find out. You know, we'll find out for ourselves, which definitely makes me kind of, but it does make me wonder, like, if it's not as, like, when you hear not as good as the first one, I was like, well, the first one was, you know, it was good. (laughs) Yeah. So if it's, you know, that makes me, does, it, it sets your mind wondering. But I'd also say that, you know, I'd always give any, I give it a go. Yeah, but he, did, he does say that he gives them a go. He said he gives. <laughs> he, he finished he, he it. He gives as every well. fir- firm a go. Oh, did he say he finished? Oh, yeah, I thought he said he, said he, he, didn't, he couldn't finish it. <laughs> no, he, he finished it, but then ate it. Um, yeah, that's fine. Gave it a go. <laughs> it kind of ends on a you know ends on a cliffhanger. So the the overdose doesn't work. So they so Dean ends up drowning Sam, which would have been harder to bring her back from. I feel, but either way, yeah. Um, killers, you know, disappear. This is the one thing that got me is you know they use the epipens and CPR, um, but I don't think epipens. Actually, no, they would if the drugs, if some of the drugs were in her system, I, and then the CPR. But I also think there's a there's a, a limit. Like she stabs her with like five. Episodes. Yeah, she stabs her. With I feel like there's a lot of that's a lot of adrenaline. I, I feel you like can't have an adrenaline overdose. Maybe. Yeah, no, you you, should, you can have an adrenaline. And I just feel like it would be one of those like heart stopped. Oh shit, too much heart's gone. <laughs> it just like explodes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, and then the police decide to kind of blame uh, Simon and Kate, you know, known for selling drugs and they're dead, they can't yeah. do anything. So again, I felt even worse then. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, they were like talking about them, like Simon's like, Simon spent his whole life basically dealing drugs because he's been trying to like look after his family. Not look like after his family. Family. It's like, okay, so now his family's left behind. <laughs> yeah. So... And now uh, we know that Kate has two, uh, I know, no, that was babysitting, wasn't it? I was about to say yeah. she has two sisters, no, she was babysitting. But, she but was still, she was like, she was like, um, high cheap <laughs> yeah and you you know we get then things kind of seem to settle down you think it's all going to be kind of happy um and sam and dina get back together and you know um then sam kind of gets you know she goes for a chill and then dina gets a gets a call from c berman um saying that there's no escape in the witch. dead <laughs> and then we see you know we see um you know we see the witch, or we, what I'm guessing is the witch. We see them her writing Sam's name on this kind of stone. You can see all these other names on there. Yeah. Um, at, don't know what that was. And then Sam now possessed kind of attacks Dean and gets tied up. Yeah. And then it ends. Um, and that kind of will lead us on to yeah. 78, won't it? Yeah. So we see these, uh, so those parts, we see those tombs, like, almost like tombstones, but big like stones. And they have a whole list of names, and yes, as you said, Sam's name's add on. Above it is um, is a, is John's name, Ryan, Brian's name, not John. Yeah, John. I don't know where John came from. Um, yeah, his name on there above it. So, you, and you, there's a lot of names on that on those lists. Um, so you can see that it's you know how many people have been affected by this, whether they've all been big or they may have been small. We, you know, little things that have happened that haven't been registered in the same way. But if it's all been in uh, Sunnyside, it's not Sunnyside, is it? Shady side. Shady side. Sunnyside is the nursery from Toy Story 3. So <laughs> definitely a different <laughs> um, But yeah, if it's all been affected by that, then it definitely is an interesting, like, oh, um, how many are going to be affected and who is this weird... This weird covered over person, whether it's the witch, we think witch, but you can't see their identity. No, we can't. can't tell. Could be, you know, could be anyone. But it'll be interesting to see. And see Berman, I assume, will be a bigger part of another part because the actress who plays is, I I know her from other things. Well, (laughs) guess one of the more notable actors. So I assume we're going to see that, the older version again. So that's. That does give me the idea that we are going to see more of the 1994 people back around. A bit of a time hop, maybe. Yeah, so it might hop around. I'd assume possibly maybe at the 1666 will be like 1666, but a little bit of touching back through time kind of thing. Potentially forward through time. Or maybe forward through time not back through time <laughs> they're gonna go all the way back and if you didn't know time is relative. so if you go all the way back you can go back around again <laughs> yeah like yeah um but yeah so um i don't know what uh, i think we've touched on what is like there's not much more to say on like the overall structure of the film it's not it's not a, it's not entirely a very you know it's not a, it's not a very detailed or overly thought out like film in a way it's it's pretty straightforward it just has a lot of explanation scenes that just don't quite always they kind of got a bit boring at times yeah but i think it'll be interesting to see how it how 78 and 1666 under underpin 
the, the yeah. 1994. Well, you know? well, I'm def. I'm expecting you. To, I was expecting you to be very excited about 78. Like, I was expecting oh, yeah. to be the axe and the axe wielder, but this one is it's camp. You know, what I mean, yeah. it's there was only one way they were going with that, and it's going Jason, baby. Like, yeah. So if the first one had a bit of a very scream or 90s horror, like urban legends and things like that kind yeah. of vibe, this one's going to be full on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I assume full on Friday the 13th, baby. <laughs> Which should be more up our street. Yeah, um, but I guess we're going to find out. I hope uh, the deaths are like. <laughs> yeah, we'll be on that next. Yeah, we will be on. That'll be our next episode. We'll be talking about. Uh, Fear Street, uh, 1978, and kind of how it links up with 1994 slightly, but also how it works on its own. Um, we're also going to be uh, watching the England game this week, aren't we? I mean, <laughs> this comes out on, on Monday, but yeah, uh, it's well, the day yeah. before the, the Euros World We've got a busy weekend. We're, we'll be watching part two tonight. We'll be doing uh, the England game. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, so we'll see how we feel, how yeah. that goes. <laughs> Fingers crossed next Fingers time. Fingers crossed yeah. it's coming home. <laughs> Fingers crossed it's coming home. Um, but that is the end of the show. Um, so thank you for joining us. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, as always, hit the subscri- subscribe button. I can't even say it then. <laughs> hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. Um, and we will see you next week for Fear Street 1978. Goodbye.